Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stiltzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I'm really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by John Nemo, and we'll explore how to find and connect with your future customers and prospects using LinkedIn. By the way, if you want to email me, you can reach me at podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Let's now transition over to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle, here is this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a cool video editor for mobile for iOS and Android called InShot. InShot. Tell us more. All right. So what separates this from every other mobile audio and video and you know, image editing app out there is that this is almost like a movie studio built into itself. It's like, you know, if you're familiar with iMovie, it's like iMovie, but it's on steroids. It's got the ability to do music, effects, voiceovers, adjust the speed, be able to add emoji and text to show up on the screen at different places in the timeline. There's actual timelines as you're swiping through on your mobile device, which is pretty awesome. Uh, let's see what else it does here. So hold on, wait, hold on a second. So is this this is a mobile app, and is that and it's is this for vertical video or for sixteen by nine video or what? It is for vertical as well as uh, landscape as well as square. Oh, so it does all the different formats. It does all the different video formats. Yes, and it'll even add some of those you know blur borders. So if, for example, you want it to be a square video, you can blur out the sides or the tops or the bottoms. So it'll actually even take existing uh, footage in one format and allow you to then transform it into a different style or format. Huh. And I would imagine you don't need to use this app to film. You can just use it to edit. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. You can even import other videos and then merge them together. And then, you know, like like you would do if you had a bunch of different video clips, you'd merge them in from your camera roll into this app and start to work with them and put them in order. And Is it complicated or is yeah. it easy? It's pretty easy. I mean, I personally would probably open this up on, say, a bigger screen like an iPad or right. a tablet. But it still, with playing around with it and organizing and reorganizing and, you know, for what you're going to do with creating video specifically for like Instagram or Facebook stories or for Facebook, you know, newsfeed or whatever, like it's going to work perfectly. Yeah, we want to give a hat tip out to Ray Edwards for recently mentioning this on his show, which prompted us to take another look at this app. Um, do you find that um, this is uh, relatively advanced as far as what you can do with it? It's pretty far advanced, especially because there's so many different effects and photo filters and different kinds of stickers and stamps and things that you can do. Those are all in-app purchases, but they're fairly cheap. They're on average like, you know, a dollar ninety-nine cents, dollar ninety-nine type things. But once you see some of those that you can do on there and maybe not do it anywhere else outside of a mobile app, it's pretty cool, especially for editing this type of content on the go. So what does the app itself cost? The app itself is free. Interesting. And is it just iOS? It is iOS and Android. So um, where do we find this thing? 
The easiest way, honestly, because they don't really have a great website that's easy to find or has a good URL, is just to literally go to your app store of choice and type in InShot, I-N-S-H-O-T. As one word. Yes. InShot. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Eric. You're welcome. And now for today's interview with John Nemo. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by John Nemo, if you don't know who John is. He is a LinkedIn marketing expert, author of the book, LinkedIn Riches, How to Use LinkedIn for Business, Sales, and Marketing. He's also host of Nemo Radio Podcast, which is focused on online marketing and lead generation. And he has done some amazing work with high-profile individuals, rewriting their LinkedIn profiles, people like John Lee Dumas, Ray Edwards, and Mr. Chris Brogan. John, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, Mike. I'm so excited to be here. The man, the myth, the legend, Mike Stelzner. Thanks for having me, buddy. Oh, it's my pleasure. So today, John and I are going to talk about how to prospect with LinkedIn. So John, before we get on that trail... Let's talk about your story. How did you get into LinkedIn? Yeah, it's a crazy story. And it really starts back in 2012. I was um, back in the day, I was working a a day job uh, in marketing, you know, similar to a lot of people listening. But for me, I had this entrepreneurial bug, this entrepreneurial itch that needed to be scratched. And I wanted to go out on my own and start my own marketing agency at the time, uh, leave my day job. But of course, the problem was I, you know, had to get clients and I had uh, my wife and three young boys under age 10 at the time, and I was going to be the sole breadwinner. So I was quitting a safe day job and eventually I just decided I was going to go for it. So I had one client, enough money for 30 days, and I just, I quit. And people still to this day were like, I thought that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. What year was this? What year was this? 2012. It was election day, 2012. I just remember this because, you know, people are talking about Obama or whoever it was. And I'm like, dude, I don't know if I'm going to have a job. Who cares who wins the election? (laughs) Like, you know, I got, I got to go get some clients. And, um, what happened was I had seen a trend with LinkedIn, Mike, that I had not witnessed anybody else really utilizing. And so I had an idea of using LinkedIn for prospecting, for finding clients. Up till then, like a lot of people, I'd really only viewed LinkedIn as, oh, that's a place for job seekers and recruiters, and you have a kind of a resume profile type thing up there. But I I flipped something early on in 2012 where I was like, wait a minute, I can really be using this to find clients. And so, you know, sure enough, I quit the day job. I had the motivation of having to feed my children. So I got busy on LinkedIn and without leaving my laptop, over the next 90 days, you know, I was able to start bringing in clients for this marketing agency where already within that first 90 days, I had replaced, you know, my six-figure salary. I generated a bunch of revenue. I had a bunch of clients in the door. I had to start adding staff. And so what really happened there was I realized this opportunity with LinkedIn. And so I kept growing my business using LinkedIn to get new clients. And we'll get into all the how you do it and things like that. And eventually where all this led was, after a few years, the marketing agency grew and I was hiring people and I wasn't enjoying it. It felt too much like my old job. I was managing staff and doing payrolls. And I was like, this isn't what I want to do. I'm an entrepreneur. I just want to create stuff. So I pivoted. And what happened was 
by then people were asking me, hey, can you show me how to find clients on LinkedIn like you've been doing, like how you found me? So I was already doing that all the time. So I created a book called LinkedIn Riches. I wrote it, I think the first edition came out in 2014 maybe. And then I created an online course and call that LinkedIn Riches as well. And so where I've pivoted the last few years is I still use LinkedIn every single day. I still do tons of lead generation and prospecting, but now I'm kind of a one-man shop where I just create these great online courses. I have a small group of clients and customers inside there that I work with, um, and I really then now have more of that entrepreneur lifestyle where I can kind of pick and choose the things I want to do, and LinkedIn has really honestly been the driving engine behind where my business is today. Awesome. So um, before we get into the how side of it, let's talk about the why side of it. Why? should someone listening right now consider LinkedIn for prospecting? Oh, great question. It, it is the single best place on the planet, in particular if you're looking for business-to-business -business or B2B kind of lead generation or prospects. And the reason is simple. LinkedIn has the market cornered right now. There's no other network uh, out there that has this many members and this much reach. You know, if you look at some of the stats, I think the latest is they've got 550 million members, 200 different countries, two new members are still joining every single second of the day. Microsoft acquired them for like $26 billion. Um, you know, so they are a big, huge behemoth. They're one of the most visited websites in the world. And really where prospecting comes in is understanding how you can utilize LinkedIn like a professional Google, you know, search engine looking for prospects. Really understanding that out of these 550 million members around the world, LinkedIn has literally categorized and analyzed and sorted and tagged and saved every little bit of data. So I can come out and go right now today, I really want to find you know, CEOs in San Diego in the healthcare industry who have a company with more than 10 employees. And within three seconds, I can have a list of those CEOs on LinkedIn by leveraging all that data. Now, that's a big part of it, of course, is understanding how to find the prospects, but really where the rubber hits the road, Mike, and we'll talk more about this, is understanding what to say to people. But but to finish the, the answer to the question is, it's really like the world's biggest professional coffee shop. Everywhere you go on LinkedIn, you can have one-on-one -on -one real-time engagement with people, whether it's the LinkedIn message box, status updates, articles, they've got tons of training on there, news, it really has become this one-stop shop for professionals worldwide to check in every day. And if you're savvy and if you're paying attention, you can really leverage it for marketing. Now, before we get into how to find people on LinkedIn, let's talk about how to be found on LinkedIn. What should we be thinking about with our personal profile or whatever we call it, a business profile, I guess, on LinkedIn to maybe attract people to us that might be that ideal target? I'm, I'm going to go back all the way back to the early 1990s, and I'm going to cite, for the record, one of Michael Stelzner's favorite musical acts of all time. All right, let's see if you can identify this, Mike. I didn't prepare you for this. It, he had these famous eloquent phrases. He said, if you got a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Now check out the moves while my DJ revolves it. Can you name that artist? Oh, my gosh. I'm going to guess. Um, I'm going to guess it's... Uh, yeah, it's not the Beastie Boys, is it? No, but you're close. He okay. was a one-hit wonder. Who is it? Vanilla Ice. Oh, okay. Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> I know somewhere in, in the archives of Michael Stelzner's life, 
we can find you in those like MC Hammer, Vanilla Ice, big you know balloon pants with the fade <laughs> haircut, right? You're not going to so find anyway, it. Anyway, <laughs> I, I do this as a joke during trainings, but you know, Vanilla Ice was indeed a lyrical poet, and he was on the scene. LinkedIn is on the scene, just in case you didn't know it. Now, here's what I mean by all this to answer your question in a joking way. Your 99% of LinkedIn profiles are getting this wrong. They're still doing things the wrong way. And a lot of it has to do with the way that LinkedIn, you know, kind of came about and came into being and came into consciousness was, oh, this is a job seeker website. This is a recruiting website. I should use my profile like a resume. I should write in the third person and, you know, write about I've done this and I've done that and I work here and I, I've worked there and I've won this award. And the only problem with that to cite another one of my favorite artists and influencers, Dale Carnegie, a more legitimate source on the topic, uh, is you know he says in How to Win Friends and Influence People, your ideal customers, your ideal prospects, they don't care about you and me. They care about themselves morning, noon, and after supper. And so what I talk about with your LinkedIn profile is instead of having it read like your resume and it's all about you and what you've done, you have to flip it upside down and make it what I call client-facing. So we really want to talk about, going back to Vanilla Ice, the problems that you solve for your customers. If they've got a problem, you'll solve it, right? So when I teach people how to rewrite their LinkedIn profile, and I have free templates and all kinds of things, but we start with phrases like this, Mike. What we do, colon, we help, insert your target audience, we help, you know, whatever it is, entrepreneurs, CEOs, you know, achieve, and then you put in the benefit they get from working with you, by providing your product or service. Got so it. someone like me, you'd say what we do, I help business coaches and consultants um, find more clients quickly online by providing LinkedIn lead generation training. Or we you would know, say, then, we, might, we might say we help marketers thrive in the constantly changing social media jungle or something like that, right? By providing- By providing uh, uh, free articles, podcasts, and a leading conference. Let's start with the world's best okay, because I like it that. is. I like okay, that. It's top shelf stuff okay. by providing high end, high quality, in depth articles. Because your stuff is so deep, like it's not. It's sorry. okay to actually say that on your personal profile, like the. It, yes. Yeah. I mean, if it's true, right? I mean, you say like <laughs> yeah. for something like Social Media Examiner and the blog posts you guys put out, those things are monsters. So I would say something like. What we do, you know, we help the marketing managers, you know, generate more leads online, uh, navigate the social marketing world online by providing in-depth, you know, high-level, um, you know, blog posts, podcasts, et cetera. And then you pivot again, you keep going on. So the, the phrasing I use is what we do. We just talked about that, how we do it. Maybe you explain more about, you know, tapping into our team of, you know, thought leaders worldwide in the social media space. We, you know, commission them for blog posts on our blog, right? Got it. Uh, why it works, because we only allow the best thought leaders in the world to share their thoughts with Social Media Examiner. You get the top quality, top content you can't find anywhere else. Um, what others say, then you paste in some testimonials, you know, reading these articles helped me achieve this. And then, you know, ready to join us, and then you have a call to action join us at the 2018 or 2019, you know, social marketing world conference, whatever it is. Right. Those, that's the way I want you formatting. Not Michael Stelzner is the founder of social media examiner. Michael has done such extensive things has worked for here and here and here. Like I like people, that you're flipping it on. You're, you're focusing. The keyword you're using is we help you right do yes. blank. And that's, that's totally not the way most people do it. Is it? 
No. And, and so think about this, because if I'm a marketing manager uh, at a company in charge of social media and I see an invite from Mike or someone on his team and I go, well, who is this person? I'm going to go look at their profile. If the first line says what we do and it says we help marketing managers in charge of social media do this, this and this, I'm excited. I'm intrigued. I'm interested. Right. Because you're going to solve something that I need help with. Whereas if it's just read like, oh, Mike is the CEO of this company and blah, 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 like that's not as exciting. And, and with LinkedIn, with your profile and your approach, the riches are in the niches. I want you to be able to identify two or three target audiences that you really serve and serve well. Identify them by job title, by industry type, right? Really be, you know, hyper focused on a couple of your key audiences because if you try to be everything to everybody, it's not going to work. And the way it connects well, Mike, to the, the points we'll get into later on is, you know, if you're targeting certain people on LinkedIn, let's say marketing managers in charge of social media, you want a profile that immediately starts with how we help marketing managers in social media. So the dots are connected. Yeah, I think this is an important point because this is kind of like what you must do before you reach out and prospect because it's un it's inevitable if they don't know who you are, they're going to check out your profile, right? And if they don't like what they see on your profile, they may never respond to your inquiry, right? You're absolutely right. What's the first thing we do if Mike Stelzner sends me an invite and I'm one of the three people in the world that doesn't know him? I look him up. I Google him, right? right? Oh, and or, I just look, way, or I just look at him on LinkedIn. Or just look at him on LinkedIn. But what I'm saying I was going to get to, my little punchline was, your LinkedIn profile is often one of the top results when someone searches your name on Google. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> like, whether you like it or not, yeah. you know? And so, so, you know, that dot has to be connected. That's why I say the foundational aspect of everything you do on LinkedIn is having a killer profile, having a client-facing profile. You've got to start there because people will check. They want to make sure, again, everyone wants context for a conversation. We all get the generic LinkedIn invites from people we don't know and we delete them. Now, if we get a personal invite, you know, which we'll talk about later, that at least piques our curiosity enough to go, I wonder who this Michael Stelzner is. I'm going to go look at his page because I can just click his name or his face. What does it say about him? Can he help me? Oh, he can. Well, now I'll accept his invite. And now we've got room for a one-on-one, -on -one, almost real-time kind of dialogue going. Perfect. So let's assume we've refined our LinkedIn profile. Now we want to actually figure out how to find people that we can prospect to. So what's the next, what do we do as far as discovery of people? How do we go about doing that? Yeah, there's a, basically LinkedIn has an incredible internal search engine. So what you're going to be able to do just at the top of the screen on LinkedIn, the mobile app, the desktop, you just type in, what I like to do is type in the job title of the person I want to reach. So I might, and I use Boolean searches or I, somebody told me I'm pronouncing that wrong. You can correct me if you no, want. I think, you're, I think you're right. Boolean. Boolean. We're going. I'm from Minnesota. We have to accent our O's, Michael. Oh, Boolean. Okay. It might, no, it might be Boolean. I don't know. I think it might be Boolean. Boolean? Yes. This is a rabbit trail you warned me about. Sorry. Okay. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's assume we're doing that. We're doing something. Simply what he's describing, what John is describing is the ability to put certain words in quotes, add plus yes. and minus, all that kind of stuff. So, so what are we searching for then? Give us a little. So I'm going to type in a job title. So one of my top audiences that I serve is business coaches, right? So I would type in quotes, business coach. Now I hit return on that. LinkedIn immediately searches its internal database of 550 million members and says, here's everyone who's a business coach that we think John should connect to. 
Hmm. Now I can filter that even further and say, you know, with LinkedIn search, it has all these additional filters, these check boxes you can check and fill in. So I can say, I want business coaches in Minneapolis where I live. Okay. So then I can filter that and it will show me a list from, you know, 80,000 business coaches to 800 that live in the twin cities where I am. Now I can say, you know, I really want to build more camaraderie. I want to find business coaches that went to a certain college, a certain school, University of Minnesota. Now wow. I can filter it even more. I could say, I want business coaches who specialize it with healthcare clients. Like you can get so ninja and so nuanced that you literally can get your exact ideal customer avatar created on LinkedIn with these search results. That then, now the next part is, gives you context for a conversation. Okay, wait, if I know, oh, yeah, hold on real, real quick. Okay. Just quick question. Um, do you need a certain kind of an account to be able to search all of LinkedIn? The free account smart, or do you have to upgrade? You're a smart guy, Stelzner. <laughs> it's like you, you've done this before. Uh, with a free account, you get limited results. You get limited filters. Okay, so I would recommend upgrading to one of their paid premium accounts um, because you'll get way more data and search filters. Got the it. way LinkedIn works, the simplest way to explain it with paid accounts is if you use a paid account on LinkedIn, you get a lot more data, a lot more access to the people you're looking for. You can for. add more variables to kind of refine it down to? Yes. And people looking at you, viewing your profile, you'll get way more data on them. It's basically you're paying for more access to the search engine. Think what, of it that way. What's the range of price, just out of curiosity, for those that are like me that just have a free account? Yeah, it's anywhere from like $25 a month up to like 150 a month, depending on what level. They have LinkedIn, it's very goofy. Like they'll have, you can have a uh, educator account, you can have a job seeker account, you can have an HR person account. You can have a salesperson account. So depending on your field, what I recommend is you get like just a premium level account for um, like sales or sales navigator for most marketing people. Um, and it's anywhere from 50 to 100 a month. They have two different levels. Right. Um, but the data is really worth it to me. That that does make a huge difference. Uh, the amount of results you get, the amount of people you can reach. But anyway, once you get that figured out, now using LinkedIn search, I can really create this custom list of say 800 business coaches in Minneapolis, Minnesota, who went to the University of Minnesota, goal golfers, right? That's our mascot. <laughs> now I have context for a conversation. I have an easy way to break the ice and reach out. I can immediately send you know, all of those people an invite that says, hey Joe, hey Sally, hey Steve, I see your business coach here in Minneapolis. Uh, don't you wish we lived in San Diego like Mike Stelzner, uh, question mark. And then I would say, <laughs> by the way, I see you went to the University of Minnesota. Go Gophers. It's a fun, friendly, personal invite that I created one time and I can use over and over because, again, the search engine did the sorting for me. It's not like I have to individually investigate each profile and figure out where they live, where they went to school. LinkedIn has already done that. So it gives you these easy, instant icebreakers to give context for conversations. Okay, so the logical next question is, does LinkedIn literally let you send all 800 of them a somewhat customized message with the push of a button? Or is that something that you have to use third-party tools for? Or is that just not an option? You have to go through every one of them and paste them in. Okay, so now this is the part where we have all the listeners leaning close because I'm going to tell them a secret. <laughs> okay. LinkedIn doesn't let you do that. There are third-party automation tools you can use. Got it. And now, 
this is a gray area. Some people, uh, LinkedIn publicly will say, we don't like them, don't use them. We don't want people going on. The idea behind it is LinkedIn doesn't want people scraping data and spamming people, right? right? You right. know, that's the goal. Now, the automation tools I use are meant, and a lot of LinkedIn experts, by the way, use them. So it's not like I'm on an island here. Lots of people use them and are public about it. The ones I use just save the, the repetition of, you know, copy, paste, open up a new profile, click a button, send a message, go back, open a new tab, open their name. Like you can automate so I can send those, you know, 800 invites uh, over a day or two just with the click of a couple buttons, right? Because it'll, it'll be like an email marketing system where I can insert their name, insert that personal message because I created a list of people that live in Minneapolis that have this profession that went to this school. And then you do the outbound invite that way. Then when they reply, obviously, then you can have a personal one-on-one -on -one conversation. So the automation tools definitely help. Do, is um, there a certain, uh, if you can't name the brand or the tool that you use, is there something we should search for to try to find these tools? Yeah, no, I'll name the, there's several out there that are really good. Uh, the ones that I use, a couple that I like as of this recording, and they change all the time, of course. But um, the two that I really like, one is called Meet Leonard. MeetLeonard.com um, is a great one. Uh, they have tons of different plans and pricing. Linmail Pro is another one. Linked Helper is another one. You can just Google them and they have websites. There's, most of the ways that these work is as a third-party you know, tool. It's a Google Chrome browser add-on. Got it. in the App Store and it plugs into LinkedIn. And again, this is something you personally have to have a comfort level with. Right. Uh, what I've seen... You know, LinkedIn will sometimes say, you know, especially to free users, they will say, hey, wait a minute, are you trying to automate? Nuh uh, you know, don't do that. Paid users, they tend to leave alone because you're already paying LinkedIn, you know? So, so proceed with caution. Try it with a group of like eight or 10 in the beginning is what yes, I was saying. Yeah, just be sensible. And here's the thing, Mike, I've, I've been using them for the past five years, four years. I've never had trouble because I act like a human being. Right. I don't try to send you know, eight messages one day and 8,000 the next day. I don't spam people with sales offers. I don't, um, you know, annoy people. I try to be, and we'll get into the messaging magic later on of what I say. But the idea with these tools is use them sensibly, use them to save time from repetitive tasks like copying and pasting or opening new windows. And you should be fine. That's my two cents. I'm not an attorney. I'm not here to advocate for right. or against, but but that's just the reality of the ecosystem around LinkedIn. There are great third-party tools to save time. One further question before we get into what we should say. When you you mentioned that that you're sending them a connection request, not necessarily just an in-mail message. So can you kind of clarify why we ought to do one versus the other? Yeah. So the way that LinkedIn works, um, you know, obviously if you and I are not connected. I cannot send you direct messages. And what we'll talk about in a little bit is far and away the most effective way to prospect on LinkedIn is one-on-one -on -one direct messaging conversations, okay? So if I'm not connected to you, the only way I can do that is to pay money through these in-mail credits where if you have a premium account, you might get 10 a month or 30 a month. You can force feed a message into someone's inbox. It's a real small number to. is what I hear you saying though, right? Yeah, it's much easier and better just to connect with them first with a nice, friendly, personal invite. 
you've got a client facing profile that they're going to look at and go, wow, this guy could help me. I should connect with them. Once you connect and accept my invite to connect, now I have unlimited ability to go back and forth with you messaging one-on-one. If they don't accept the connection to request, uh, the connect, the request connection, can they still respond back with a message and then that dialogue starts or no? Yeah. Yeah. So you can send an invite and LinkedIn will give the other person the opportunity to say, before you accept this, would you like to write Mike Mike back? Because I'll have people say that, like, "Hey, I saw your invite. Curious yeah. X Y Z." And then all and of a sudden, you're get- now you're able to have a thread back and forth. Is that right? Yeah. So you can kind of give them a little more explanation first. So you you as the receiver of the invite have the option to write back first and say, yep. "Hey, I'm curious. Why do you want to connect again or whatever?" Yep. Before you accept it. Um, so that that's kind of how that can work. All right. So. Let's assume we've reached out to a good prospect and, um, uh, you know, what do we say to them? How do we compose that message? Or, I mean, I know you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but is there any more that we ought to be saying when we're communicating? Yes. And this is where I I want everyone to like pull over the car, like, you know, put down the laundry you're folding, stop mowing the lawn. Listen, like this is where all the money is made on LinkedIn. This is where all the marketing success is. This is where everything that you're going to get out of LinkedIn happens. And that is the LinkedIn message inbox. Okay. And if you're not familiar with this, I'm going to explain what that is and then what to say. But basically LinkedIn has completely revamped the messaging experience. So gone are kind of cold professional emails back and forth within LinkedIn. Now the LinkedIn inbox, the message box, anyone I'm connected to at the first degree, we can message back and forth like a couple of teens texting, right? Like it's real time. We have little green dots next to our profile that says Mike is active right now. So I can start messaging him in real time. You chit chat back and forth. You can see when the other person is formulating a response. It puts up a speech bubble, dot, dot, dot. So you know Mike is busy writing you back. This is where all the conversations happen. This is where all the magic is, is these one-on-one messages. And so let me explain what I call my messaging magic strategy. So, So where this goes is first step, I find you on LinkedIn. I connect with you. I send you an invite. You accept. And then the first message I'm going to send you uh, has four key components because the number one mistake people make on LinkedIn with messaging is they're trying to marry everybody on the first date, right? <laughs> like they're immediately trying to sell them or get them to sign up for something or come to my conference or opt in or get on the phone. Like, you know, the ask we make of people has to be, you know, directly read related to the amount of trust we've earned so far. All I've done so far is connect with you. So what I do is I send you a follow-up message with four key components. The first thing is I ask a question right away. I I start with, hey, Mike, so glad we got connected. And then I'll ask a question. Curious, are you interested in X, Y, Z? You know, so are you interested in this topic? Are you interested in how to get more leads with LinkedIn? Are you interested in daily tips on how to navigate the social media jungle? Okay, that's the question, right? So in your case, maybe you're setting them up to get onto your email list, right? Because I know you've got a daily, a great daily blast of of tips. So the second thing is, number one, you ask a question, curious, are you interested in this topic? Number two is you offer value. You say, if so, I have a great free blank. I have a great free template. I have a great free webinar. I have a great free training series. I have a great free podcast episode. Okay. Then step three is you ask permission. This is super important. 
you don't put the link into the message first. You don't assume they're gonna want the link. So you ask the question, you offer the value, the resource, then you ask permission. You say, just reply with the word yes, all capitals, and I'll send it over. And the reason I do this uh, is it makes it very simple for people on a mobile device to hit a thumbs up or hit yes. LinkedIn has these smart replies now where it'll it'll try to guess what it wants you to say back, you know, right. suggested phrases. So I'll say, just reply with yes, all caps, and I'll send it over. And then the fourth thing, I always end the message without pressure. So then I say, and if you're not interested, no worries at all. Have a great day. Cheers. And so what I do with this message, I'm going to read for our listeners the, the actual script I use as one example to put those four components into play. Okay. So here's what it is. Mike and I just connected. Hey, Mike, hope you're well. Curious. Are you interested in using LinkedIn to find new clients and customers? If so, I have a great and free webinar I can send you a link to, along with, see, these are all the free tip resources, along with some copy and paste invite scripts, LinkedIn message templates, and sequences I call messaging magic. And then I say, note, it's not about being pushy, salesy, or spammy, but about replicating real-life one-on-one conversations uh, here on LinkedIn. And then I, then I ask permission. If you'd like to see how it works, just reply with the word yes, all capitals, and I can shoot you over a link to the webinar and messaging scripts. And if you're not interested, no worries at all. Cheers. Okay, that's what I send. And then I wait. And if the person writes back yes, then I have a follow-up script. I just copy and paste. Awesome. Here's a free link to the webinar, whatever it is. And then I just say, can't wait to hear your thoughts or can't wait to see you know, hear what you think of the episode or whatever it might be. Okay, real quick on the all caps thing. It doesn't really matter yeah. if it's all caps, right? Or no, does it? Okay. No, it just stands out more. So Got they it. can see, oh, I'm you're leading people by the hand what to do. So, so once to so it, once you get the yes, you just have some sort of copy and paste script? Yep. I just have a little notepad open and LinkedIn is real time. So I use an automation tool. I'll, this is how I'm adding probably 60 to 70 people to my email list every day without doing anything other than hitting copy and paste. So here's what I do. I have a, I use meet Leonard and I send out, it has a CRM built in. So I've got 18,000 LinkedIn connections. I've organized them all by job title and tagged them. So I have a group of business coaches, I think 3000 of them. I can send out about 500 blast one-on-one -on -one messages a day using that script. I just read, right? It inserts their name. Hey, Joe, hope you're doing well. Curious, are you interested in using LinkedIn? If so, et cetera, et cetera. If they write back, I see in real time it pops up, right? I didn't have to copy and paste 500 messages. They just went out like an email blast. Now when they reply, my virtual assistant or myself is monitoring and just copies and pastes. Awesome, here's the link. Awesome, here's the link. Awesome, here's the link. They click and opt in. They're on my list. They're in my world. They're off of LinkedIn. That's the other big thing I want to explain to people is, Get them off of LinkedIn. Get them onto the phone. Get them onto the webinar. Get them onto your email list. Get them over to your podcast. Because again, you're on rented land. You're, you know, you don't own this sandbox. So LinkedIn, just like Facebook has done, could change everything tomorrow. Well, right? I, yeah, and I, you know, I, I, part of what I'm thinking about is how do you track all this stuff? You mentioned that this Ask Leonard thing has got a CRM. Does that mean it kind of knows which people are you're waiting for a response for? Is it that integrated? It is for the invites, yes. Okay. So, like, so for Meet Leonard, I can do 200 invites a day to business coaches, and it tracks who's accepted, who hasn't, uh, and it will automatically withdraw them 
after 30 days so you don't have a bunch of invites hanging out there forever. Uh, and then it will tell you, you know, each day as they come in, these five people accepted, do you want to send a follow-up note, right? With I the one-on-one -on -one messages, you just track it in your LinkedIn inbox and you just filter by unread and they pop up and you see, yes, 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 right? Because I've given them a one-word command. And then I just copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. And then that's, you know, minimal time for me or a VA. I don't mind spending 30 seconds or 10 seconds doing that to get them on my webinar, right? Where that's a high-end, high-value prospect now. So what, what percent would you say respond with a yes versus some alternative? And what is the alternative you tend to hear from people, if anything? Yes. So using that specific script, the message you magic script, when I send out 500 of these a day, I'm probably getting... 60 to 75 people immediately, like within a few minutes saying, yes, I wow. want it. Right. So more than 10% right away. Yes. Uh, with the days to come right then there's the lag period of maybe somebody didn't check their inbox today, but tomorrow they do. So I'm constantly getting more. Uh, the biggest thing, the most important thing is I get between zero to one or two complaints with this script. What I mean by that is someone saying, oh, this isn't for me, this this feels spammy, this feels icky, don't send this stuff. Mm -hmm. Or stop messaging me. Right? Because of course, I don't want to annoy people and bother them. So that's why on the front end, I'm trying very hard to target them by job title, industry, everything else. And I'm trying to craft a free piece of content that I think will actually help them, you know, and that they'll be interested in. Right. And I'm doing it in a way with no pressure, conversational, no worries. People don't get mad, Mike. They just say, hey, thanks for thinking of me. No worries. Uh, not for me right now. Or, hey, this is really cool. Send it. Hey, you know, I was curious about this note, so I went and looked at your profile. Could I talk to you about consulting for me? You know, like it leads to all these conversations. So I would say out of the 500, I send 60 to 70 immediate yeses, you know, probably 30 to 50 good conversations that lead to something else, you know, um, very, very whatever it might be, a guest blog, a podcast interview zero to two people going, Ooh, you bother me. Don't send it again. And then I just change their tag inside of the Leonard CRM to no more messages and I leave them alone. And it saves everybody time because you're pre-qualifying people who want more of your stuff and you can kind of step them gently into your world, into your content funnel versus I'm just going to automatically assume you want to be on my webinar and blast you with a link. Fascinating. Once you've gone through this process, do you kind of leave these people alone or do you eventually follow up like six months later when you might have something new to communicate with them? Or what's, what do we do? What, what about after, what if nothing transpires, you're still connected with this person? Do you recommend someday down the road communicating with them in an automated or unautomated way? Dude, I love your marketing mind. <laughs> yeah, this I do. I follow up with them about every three to four weeks because what I do is I have a list you know, I've sorted my 18,000 connections into groups, right? I've got my business coaches, I've got my CEOs, I've got the job titles all sorted. And then I just use like Basecamp or Evernote, whatever, to track when I'm sending the messages. So I'll say today, you know, March 30th, I'm sending the, the CEOs this script. Now I'll come back, you know, in three to four weeks and I'll look at my list of when I sent these different groups, you know, content and I'll come back with a new piece of content. Or, or a podcast episode or a question. It doesn't even have to be content. It can just be, 
hey, you know, I have this thing called a one question survey where I'll say, hey, if you have a second, I would love your answer to this. What would you like to know more about blank? Mm -hmm. And then you just in blank, you just put what would you like to know more about social media marketing? And just let that be like a free survey on LinkedIn to 500 people so that guess what? When I do the next social media, you know, marketing email, I've got some insight into my customers, right? There's all kinds of ways you can come back to them. But to answer your question, yes, I track and kind of, you know, keep dates of when I send stuff. And I would recommend about every three weeks because if you're only getting one or two messages a month from me on LinkedIn, that's hardly overkill, right? That's hard. And if they're helpful, conversational, friendly, low pressure, not spamming you with links, people don't get mad. But more importantly, Mike, it saves me time. I'm not, I'm automating everything, pre-qualifying people, moving them to an email list, to a webinar, to a podcast where they can consume more on their own time, then come to me later on when they're ready to buy an online training, to talk about speaking, consulting, whatever. Well, John, I know that there's a lot of people that just said that was freaking killer. I'm going to listen to that again. Um, and I also know that some people listening might want to discover more about you. So why don't you tell them where they can find you and the great stuff you've got going on, John? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so go to, I'm going to create a little goodie basket for all your listeners. Okay. Of all some of my best free tips and resources, go to linkedinriches.com forward slash SME, like social media examiner, linkedinriches.com forward slash SME. I'm going to give you a free copy of my best selling book. I'm going to give you my profile template to create the killer profile. And that'll lead into all kinds of other stuff, training videos. I'll put together all my best free tips uh, to get people going on LinkedIn. Cause man, Mike, this is where you need to be. John Nemo. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your gold tips with us. Really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's podcast interview. If there's anything we mentioned and you missed it, don't worry. We take all the notes for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 295. Also, never miss a future episode of this podcast. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player. And if you love the show and you haven't already done so, I would love a rating and or a review in Apple Podcast or any other platform where you listen. And with that, this brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.